0: The following audio is from Park Church in Denver, Colorado. More information about Park Church is available online at parkchurchdenver.org. Good morning. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye... And a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. This is the word of the Lord. good morning family good morning. there you go there you go hey it is good to be in the house of the lord let me tell you now Now, listen here i have waited six months for this moment y'all had six months to practice amens so there is no excuse for you not to give them to me and even those come on there you go my brother right here even came with the shirt on he said i'm gonna just wear it so you can see it um and for those who are watching online uh amens is appropriate there too um but uh, it is good to be with you all. It's good to be in this moment. And so um, let's dive right in. Let's sit at the feet of Jesus because we come to a passage that really is not um, that light and kind of historically in the church is kind of one that brings a little bit of confusion or division. And it's, it's a hard passage, to be honest, um, particularly in the Sermon of the Mount. So, Uh, I'll pray for you. You pray for me. We pray for everyone as we sit at the feet of Jesus to hear what he has to say in his word when it comes to retaliation. Amen? Come on. Here we go. Let's pray. And before we do, just to set up our hearts and know that God is with us. God, as I stand here as a weak man, a needy man, knowing that many of us today have a lot on our hearts and our minds. And so, God, I pray that instead of us holding it in and trying to move through life ourselves, that we would just lay it at your feet and find rest in you. And as we sit at your feet to hear your word, Father, I pray that you pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Lord. That you ignite a fire in each and every one of us so that we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry out your word here on earth. So, God, under the sound of my voice, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And we all together said amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. When someone has wronged you, when someone has insulted you, how did you respond? In that moment, how did you want to respond? Did you respond like our brother Stephen who was stoned and as he was dying his words wasn't, get them but Lord forgive them. Or was your response one with like Peter pulling out the the proverbial sword, ready to cut off the ear of somebody who's wronged you? What was your response? How do you respond? And if we're honest here, you live long enough. You've probably been wronged. You've probably been insulted. You've probably experienced injustice. And we are human beings and our tendency is to retaliate. In a way that God doesn't call us to if we're honest and so we're going to see in this text today how Jesus is calling his disciples if you say that Jesus is your lord and savior he's talking to us today how his disciples ought to respond to being wrong by evildoers insults inconvenience injustice and not to retaliate but yet he calling his disciples to a higher standard that is higher than this world, and so as you know, we're back in the book of Matthew, and it's how fitting that we spent time in the summer, uh, Christ in the Psalms, and now here we are. We're back in uh, Pastor Gary preached through Jesus in the Wilderness, and how fitting as he talked about what is a disciple and how we ought to live in the wilderness as a disciple. And we jump right back in into this text on how we ought to respond as a disciple. And he's on the Sermon of the Mount. And what Jesus is doing in the context, I'm giving you a little context. We will to get to the text. But what he's doing in the Sermon on the Mount, he's reestablishing the foundation of the kingdom agenda here on earth is what he's doing. He's saying, hey, my as you are my disciples, my kingdom— my kingdom agenda requires you to respond in such a way that supersedes that of the world. And so all throughout, the, all throughout the Sermon on the Mount and all even throughout the Bible, he's dealing with our heart posture on how do we deal with people that do us wrong, evildoers, injustice, insults. How do we live the kingdom way that supersedes the worldly way until Christ comes back and consummates everything. Before we jump in, let me ask you a question again. How do you respond to wrongs? How do you respond? But we're going to look into the text. Let's dive right in and we're going to show us. Jesus is going to speak to us on how we ought to respond. What's interesting here, you look at verse 38. He says, you have heard that it is said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Interesting here, what he's doing right now is setting up and he's talking about the lex talionis, right? The, the law of retribution, the law of retaliation is what he is quoting here that you can find in Exodus, Leviticus, and in Deuteronomy. And, and this whole lex talionis, this law of retribution and, and retaliation, what it was was that God gave it to Moses so that Moses can give it to the judge, so that the judges, as they establish a, a, a system to be able to administer crimes and penalties. That's why he's giving it to him. He gave it to him there. And get this, and it was given um, not as a tool for revenge, for personal revenge or ventilantiism That wasn't, wasn't given in that. No, it was given so it could so provide equity for the people. To sum it up this way, it says, it, it, to sum it up this whole law of retribution and and retaliation, it says, the summary of the law is that your life should be a blessing, not a diminishing force to the lives of others. If your life diminishes the lives of others, you need to make up for it, restitution. And if you do it intentionally, there is a penalty, retribution. That's to sum it up here. And listen, before we get into the text, hear me now. I think this is important for us to understand this here. He's In this passage, he's not calling Christians or disciples to be doormats. He's not calling us to be weak people. He's not calling us to, to, uh, to just lay down and, and, let, and don't engage in this. That's not what he's doing. Nor is he opposing the government in this as well. Because you go look at Romans chapter 13, he established a government. Wrong, right, and different. We're fallen, we're broken. Yes, the system is, but yet God has still given the government, and called us to subject to it. So he's not opposing the government. No, what he's saying is that what he's talking about is as my disciples. Here's how you ought to respond. The courts will have their day. They will have their day in court. The people will do, uh, 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 they will engage that. But until that time, when you're wrong, here's how you are going to respond. Here's how you are called and should respond here. And it's very interesting. I think this is very important to notice that in the verse 38, when you see he says an eye for an eye, If you go back and actually look at the law that was given in Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, it even says a life for a life. So I believe, because this is not here, based off of studying the Scripture, that God is not talking about life-threatening injuries or life-threatening crimes here. It's not what he's talking about, no. And what he is saying here and what he's calling us throughout the whole Bible is that we ought to move past, hear me now, don't skip over, Retribution, don't skip over restitution, but we are to move past the law of restitution and retribution to the point of restoring of the soul through the gospel. And so, In doing so, we're able to do that when you subject yourself, when you sit under the authority of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, it is then where you are able to respond in such a way that leads to transformation because you are living and loving sacrificially the way that Jesus did for us. A simple way to put it is that when you live out the gospel, transformation happens, So let's see what he says as he, as he, as he talks about the luck, he, he, he sets the foundation with the, the law of retribution. Then he moves in, and here's the foundation of this. Verse 39, it talks about, uh, it's the foundation here. He says, do not resist the evil one. And then he gives you four examples of injustices that takes place and tells you how to respond. In verse 39, he says, but I say to you, Here he is establishing his kingdom agenda on how we ought to live. Do not resist the evil one. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other. Understanding this time, when Jesus is talking about slapping on the cheek, it was calculated here, meaning that if someone was to slap you on the right cheek, that means they backhanded you, which counted at that time as a double insult, saying that you are pretty much nothing absolutely nothing and what here now that is very fascinating he says that turn to the other cheek now Jesus here did actually turn the other cheek physically when he was on his way to the cross and being on trial before he died for us but here what I believe what he's also in capturing is the proverbial slap hand to the face right you ever been insulted to the point where somebody didn't talk to you and you're like who they didn't talk to you like you was nothing like you like and they insult you and they wronged you what he's saying is turn to the other cheek. So we, in those moments, we have a, we have a, we, have a uh, we can choose to respond a certain way. We can fly, we can take out and be like curl up in a ball and run and go home. Or we can sit here, we can fight. Because I don't know about you, somebody insult me, hey, you got the wrong one. I'll be ready to set it off. I'm being serious. Because who wants to be disrespected, insulted? None of us. So then he sits over there and, 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 he, and, and, and he says that. slapping with the right cheek. But here's something what's interesting as he talks about the proverbial slap hand and we respond in a way that is godly here. When he set the foundation, he said, hey, don't resist the evil one. Let me back up a little bit. I got ahead of myself. He said, don't resist the evil one. And what he's saying is that in the simplest form is that do not use violence to respond to evildoers. Don't put yourself in the ring with them. You know, this evil one is the evil person that wronged you, right? And he's saying in here, he says, hey, don't put yourself opposite against them. Don't get in the corner, right? We're gonna get in the red ring because we covered by the blood of Jesus, right? And the enemy's in the blue corner, in the boxing ring. And that's what we wanna do when we are insulted. But he's saying, don't, no, 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 don't oppose the evil one with violence. And when he talks about this getting slapped in, that's when you were insulted. He says, you got a moment to respond in such a way that it will actually lead to transformation because you're not engaging with violence or a tit for tat, as we will see here. But then he goes on in verse 40. He talks about it. If someone sues you, they take you to court, get, they take your tunic, give them your cloak as well. Understanding that time that the clothing was very precious items here. And they use that when at night to sleep, they use as covers. And so if someone wants to take your tunic, God is saying, Jesus is saying, hey, you know what, just give them your cloak too, which really means, and here's this, i not trying to be funny, he's saying even to the point to where it's like you might be in courtroom naked. No, seriously. You recapture your dignity because you are saying, you know what, it is more important for me to love and show you and live the way that God has done for me so that— it will hopefully cause that person to see who Jesus is. Come on, y'all, let me, because what happens is that when someone takes us to court, we either got a response, right? Again, it's the flight or flight. Either we run, we go, we become passive, that's not what he's calling us to do, or we can fight, right? Let me go get my lawyer, we're gonna take this out in court. Come on, man, y'all done seen that court TV? There'd be some hot mess on there. No, I man. It's some of it's entertainment, but it's really like, man, families and friends and people are literally, Because their pride is that state, they're bickering, they're arguing. To do what? To win a hundred bucks? To say what? I got you? No, God is saying, Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? No, no, no. Respond in such a way. Just give it to him. And again, you got to use creative ways. to. What does that look like? And it's very funny, and I love when you look at this passage, he doesn't, in, in all of its totality, he doesn't give you how to respond in his fullness, right? Because there are some creative ways that each situation, you got to respond differently. But what he is saying is that when you encounter those things, respond from the kingdom way. Then he goes on in verse 41. He says, in verse 30, 41, and if someone forces you to go one mile, go with them the extra mile. Oh, haven't we distorted that word here in America? Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Do the extra mile. Yeah, like, yeah, man, I went the extra mile. No, that was, that was not good in that time. Because here's what I understand. When he's using this language to contextualize, to understand, in that time, a Roman officer, when they would conquer cities, they could grab anybody and say, hey, carry my armor for a mile. And it wasn't like light. Wait, you're talking about metal and stuff is heavy. And so no matter what you were doing, they could grab you, you were subject and had to come, stop what you're doing, be inconvenienced, and carry their stuff. Again, Jesus says, go, to second, go another mile. What are you going to do? You, can ref, you, can re, uh, you respond, you fight, you oppose, you say, you know what, this ain't happening. So you fight them there, you resist it. Or as you're walking, going an extra mile, you start having a conversation with them. So, man, how's your family? How you doing? What's going on, man? You know Jesus? Now you got an opportunity, even though it sucks in the moment, let's just be honest, but yet because you are responding in a way that God, that is God honoring, bring glory to him as his disciples, by these acts, it's hoping and you make, because you can't control what they do. Now, because of what you've done, now you're probably able to see transformation happens. But then he goes on to give this last example. And all four examples deal with injustices, but then he moves from the oppressor to the oppressee. If someone begs of you, uh, do not withhold from them. Give to the borrower. And really what he, in, in, in all of this, and as we, uh, what he's getting at in, in this is that, again, how you respond— matters you can respond in such a way that's like you know what and this does take discernment here so I'm not this, this is hard but sometimes you're like hey I can't give to you because it's going to be detrimental to them or to be detrimental to you so there is some wisdom in that right we know people that may have asked things and it's like man like man that's not good man you got a real like gambling problem and alcohol problem or sex addiction or whatever the case may be like so we got to use wisdom right in some sense but then also it could be the other response could be like I ain't giving you nothing I came from nothing So the whole American thing, right? Put yourself up by your bootstraps. You got it. You can go get get a job just like I got a job. But really what that does is, and you take that posture, is that that continues to put the socioeconomic situation there, right? Right? The rich get richer, the poor get poorer, but we ain't going to go there. Don't worry. That's a sermon for another day. But what he's saying is, is that you take that posture and you just don't care. Or you could take the posture of, you know what, let me give from relationship. Let me give to you. Because Jesus gave to me. I want to love on you. I want to see God moving. You're given out of relationship. Again, all of these responses, these examples that he calls us to, he gives these examples here on how we ought to engage with this. And what's interesting is that what Jesus is calling us, hear me now, what he's calling us to do, which is really kind of crazy from a human perspective, when you're like, what is this? He's calling us to absorb the offenses oh my gosh, absorb the offense to show sacrificial love to the offender, get this, so that it can break the chains of evil. And we absorb the offense so that it can break the chains of evil all the while, here it is, trusting God that he will commit to execute justice at the same time, whether in court or when he come and consummates it before we send it. Justice is going to be done. One way you like it. But it, until then, we are called to respond that way because he did it for us. And he ain't calling us to just some rules to follow, to hit checkbox. Man, as a disciple of Jesus, this is how we are called to live. First Peter 3 tells us, do not repay evil for evil. Do not uh, give insult for insult. But on the contrary, bless. Get this. For you were called. For you were called, and not only were you called, but that you may obtain a blessing. There's one for you. In those moments when you feel what God, when you feel that indignation rise up in you, you feel insulted and you feel wrong. And you know it was wrong, and you feel this injustice. Do you respond with retaliation? You can, it only gives you momentary satisfaction. Or you can respond in such a way to where you can receive an eternal blessing from the Lord. And I'm going to be honest. I'm sure we all will say, I will want the blessing. But when you can't see it and it's in front of you, oh, that flesh is tested. Which way do you want to respond? And here's the thing when we engage with these insults. Here's what we got to understand is that it is not right? It is not like the big blow-ups that we have, right? The, it, those moments are there when we experience the insults, the wrongs, the, what, the, what the evil are doing. They're really, some of them are big moment, right? Burning Bush type things. But the truth is, man, there's a family of God. It's subtle, though, how we retaliate, if we're being honest. It's really subtle. We, we, so whether you're in relationship, friendships, marriage, co-workers, work, Family, relatives, here's one. Oh, this hurts, but it's true. The church family, when we respond and we feel that, what we do is we go tit for tat. They hurt you, so you say, I'm going to hurt you back. They show up late, I'm going to show up late. Oh, you want to poke at my weakness in front of people? I'm going to poke at your weakness in front of people. Oh, you want to be mad at me? I'll do you one better. I'm going to be mad at you for three days. Four days or whatever, Come, don't that, come on people. You know, you don't thought that, you sit here and start to yourself, I gotta get back at them. Many of, all right, come on. We go John Wick on folks here, let's just be real. We sit here, we get mad, we go, oh, John, you know, just a little bit John Wick, he got his dog, He, he he's an assassination, that's his job by profession. He's trying to get out the game. They come to his house. They kill his dog. And he says, You kill my dog? I'm about to kill everybody that got in my way. Really over a dog? And he's like, Yeah, because it's the principle that matters here. Don't get me wrong. I like John Wick. I'm waiting for the fourth one to come out. But, um, but no, we respond that way. And if I'm honest, if I can make it personal, I wanted to respond that way. Just a couple weeks ago, uh, and I'll leave, uh, just a couple weeks ago, a while back, when I was in Kansas City. Man, there was a family member that I was experiencing some things with historically and it happened to me again. And I promise you, I made up in my heart. I said, I am not calling them. I'm not responding to them. They're going to have to call me. That was my way of retaliation. I kid you not, because I was tired of being hurt and tired, get this, of seeing my family hurt as well. But oh, God has a funny way, doesn't he? It just happened by chance We're going to go to get some coffee before we hit the road to come back here. I got the time wrong. Needless to say, we had to wait. Because we waited, we ended up going to Lamar's, the original in KC, one of the best in town. Come on. And what are the odds that I see that family member walking right out of the donut shop? That night before, I made it up in my heart. I said, oh, no, this ain't happening again. But I felt the conviction of the Lord. And in that moment, I had a choice. I had a choice. I could have sat in my car and I spoke out the window. Hey, what's up? How you doing? And I spoke and I could have sat there or I could have got out of my car, go engage and have a conversation. And by God's grace, I did not allow my flesh to win. I got out and I talked and it blessed me so much because I chose to do what God called me to do, and it eats at us, and it erodes at us when we retaliate in such a way. It only becomes — when you meet violence with wrong, it only produces more violence. And darkness can't push out darkness. Only light can. And hear me, people, the question is, what are you trying to win people to? Your pain? Your hurt? Are you trying to win them to Jesus? Because the moment that we take the position of trying to avenge for ourselves and retaliate, we now assume the position of judge and, and executioner. Which God did not give us the authority nor the authorization to do it. And hear me now, when you do this, I'm not saying you don't feel hurt and pain. Jesus felt that he was sweating blood before he went to the cross. Jesus, take this cup. I don't want to go through this. I'm not saying that when you experience and you engage this, that you won't feel hurt, that you won't feel sadness, that you, you won't cry, that you won't feel something. That's not what I'm saying. But we have to understand that God is calling us to respond the kingdom way instead of the worldly way. Martin Luther King exemplified this greatly. Responded in a nonviolent way. Yes, he was trying to, and the people around him that were engaging with the courts, but in the midst of that, as the courts, as they're engaging and the courts are doing their thing, he's still walking in a nonviolent, peaceful way. Call it for what you want. If family of God, what would it look like? What would it look like Oh, how provocative would it be if we as the family of God, as the church, led the way on how to respond in retaliation instead of retaliating because we don't like someone's political views or because we don't like they use certain language like redlining or social injustice. Listen here, family of God, regardless of what you say, what would it look like to live and subject yourself to God's authority instead of being moved by the authority of politics? Oh, how provocative that would be And we will be able to see the church lead the front and do it at the same time while the courts are being engaged here with that. But yet we care about our little bubble and what we think and we want to prove people wrong. You say, man, hey, is this possible to do? Yes, it is possible. We have the example that Jesus gave for us that Peter talks about in 2 Peter I mean, 1 Peter chapter 2, where he talks about he gave us example, right? He even starts off and says, for this you have been called. There it is again, you've been called. But we've been given an example, get this, so that you might follow his steps because Christ suffered for you. And then it says that he did not, uh, then it talks about how he did not, Jesus did not insult with insult, but he, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but get this, continue to entrust himself to him who judged justly. Oh, my Lord. What would it look like for us to continue to entrust ourselves Continually to God as we live this. But get this here. You got to work out your salvation, right? As it talks about in Philippians, right? You got to work out your salvation. What does that mean? You got to cultivate this thing here. You got to cultivate it with fear and trembling. What do you mean by fear and trembling? To the point to where you, you live in such a way to where it doesn't offend God or discredit Christ. And if we're being honest in the body of Christ, we done lived our life the way we want to and we turn people away from the church because we want to retaliate instead of respond with the love of Christ. But that's another summary for another day here. People, we have to be able to work out our salvation will fill and tremble, knowing, as the text will say, so that it will will and it will work in you because it is he who works in you. It is God, is the Holy Spirit that's going to energize you, that will give you the, the, the energy, the strength to engage these times. And we engage these times, as 2 Corinthians 4 says, because we have to stop thinking momentarily but think eternal. And the Bible says that these light momentary afflictions, regardless of what they mean, means nothing compared to the glory that we will receive. But we have to start looking at our eyes at things that are unseen because the things that are seen are temporal here, people. So we have to vision and we have to see God and live in such a mighty way. Because if we live with just what we see, we will fail and it will be difficult to move on. As I end here, I don't know about you, but I love blessings. You go into the coffee shop and... You go to Starbucks and you go to pay and somebody says, your order has already been paid for. And you're like, oh, praise the Lord, saints. And you feel good. And in there, what the person tells you is that, hey, they said just pay it forward. Right? That's the whole concept behind it. They pay for you and they say pay it forward. And so that you can, because you experience what they paid for you. So that now you can pay it forward so that someone else can experience what you experience. Brothers and sisters family of God, we have one who paid it forward for us. Oh no, not only did he pay it forward, but he paid it past, present, and in the future here. When he marched to the cross. So that, get this, when we respond in those moments, we can give them Jesus so they can experience what we have experienced. So they can experience to know what it means to be an ambassador of him. So they can know what it means to be a sweet aroma to those who are dying and those who are living. So they can know what it means to be seated at the right hand of Christ eternally. And get this, all the while he did that, marching up to the cross, getting his beard ripped out, getting his face slaughtered and slapped on and spit on. And yet in this, get this, Colossians says, with the debt that stood against us and its legal's demand, how fitting. Christ nailed your sins and my sins to the the cross people so because of that why would you not want someone to experience the goodness of God hear me people it is difficult to do that but people are going to hell be yet because we want to respond our way instead of the kingdom way let us hold fast to Jesus pay them forward with Jesus so that we can see the kingdom of God in a way like we've never seen before until he comes again let's pray It just breaks my heart to see how we respond in this world because we care more about our feelings and our powers and our positions, especially as believers, instead of your kingdom. So, God, as difficult as this passage is, I'm so grateful that you didn't leave us by ourselves, but that you empower us, that you're with us, and that you're patient. You're slow to return. So, God, move mightily in our hearts. In your in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.